0: Hello, dear listeners. Welcome to a new episode of the Partido Partido podcast, where we talk everything Aleti. So, it's been almost a week since we last recorded last episode. little lost away in Italy to Inter Milan by a goal to zero. Uh, and then after that, we had to face the bottom club, Al Maria in the league, and Aleti had a 2-0 draw after a yo-yo performance. So, at the Time of recording, it's about two days before Aliti has to take on Aliti Club in the return leg of the semi finals of the Copa de where Aliti, uh, a goal down after Aliti Club ended Aliti's home record of that was 28 games without feet at home. And Berenguer converted the penalty, and Aliti held on and won 1 0. So, joining me to talk about all this is a friend of mine, Aliti fan Beth. How are you doing?
1: Hello, uh- yeah, thanks, Emmanuel, for for having uh, me again in your podcast. Yeah, I'm doing really well. You?
0: Well, it's a lot of it, things. Are a lot of hectic on my side now with the exams coming up. But well, I believe I'm preparing as strong as Ality for the Athletic Club game. So, um, Beth, can you please tell us a little bit about yourself? How you came to support Ality?
1: Yeah, sure. So, um, I actually started um, watching football rather later on in my uh, in my life. Um, I used to be a fan of uh, Fernando Torres and um, I don't come from a Spanish-speaking household or a household which supports Spanish teams. But since I really always used to like Fernando, um, I basically went back to, the, to this original team and I started supporting athletic, um, um, which is very rare in my country. <laughs> supporting a, a, a Spanish team is very rare when most of the uh, people in my area either support English or uh, Italian teams.
0: So, you being an athletic fan, I think for more, <laughs> maybe you, many athletic fans there, or you are like me, where you just have maybe, I think, two or three years in Cameroon?
1: Um, I do have uh, one of my best friends who I managed to convert to, to support Atleti. Um, he was basically like me. He really started watching football much later on in his life. And um, um, he came with me to, to, watch, to watch an Atleti game. And uh, yeah, he basically loved it, and uh, that's that's where that's where it all started for him. But yeah, I mean, uh, it's very rare to find an Atlético fan in Malta. Um, I don't really know much more apart from me and my friend, maybe two, three more. From my knowledge, okay, I see you talk about it in the Culture Bros group, and
0: so if you don't know about the Culture Bros, group, group on Twitter. Basically, one of the best groups you can be part of as an Atlético fan. Get to. So you travel a lot between um, Malta and to Spain and Italy, like you said, and you go to watch games and you were there at the San Siro where Aleti were defeated. So how was the atmosphere, the build-up to the game and everything?
1: Yeah, so uh, like I follow a lot of, uh, of uh, Italian football apart, apart from La Liga. So um, uh, that's usually how I usually travel a lot to Italy as well. Um, most of my friends support the top three Italian teams. And uh, my best friend coincidentally supports Inter, and whenever they usually play a big match, I usually follow him and uh, watch, go watch, go watch along with him as well. So when the uh, round of 16 came along and we were pitted up against each other, it was the perfect opportunity for for us to have a little bonding time, you know, <laughs> going to to Milan and um, um, catching up while watching one of so watching both of our teams go head to head. Leading up to the game. Um, I mean, as an Atletico fan, we could start, We could actually feel the pressure, right? Because uh, Inter are such a dominant team in Italy right now. Um, uh, leading up to the match, the day of the match, I was there when there was the little um, uh, little argument between the Atletico and the Inter Milan uh, supporters. It was very funny. We're watching it from a distance. It wasn't as blown up as uh, as Twitter wants you to believe. Um, at the match, um, something very interesting: the, the Inter supporters couldn't put up their TFOs because they were banned. Um, um, which I thought was going to be uh, one of our uh, kind of like something which we can actually capitalize on, right? And uh, amazingly, our three thousand supporters that came to watch uh, the match, Atletico and Inter, uh, basically they they could be heard. You know, they 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 didn't stop singing, and I really enjoyed. That they uh, they kept they kept uh, pushing on the team despite despite um, uh, the the result at the end of the day I mean Inter are such a big fan base not only in Italy but also in the rest of the world that um uh, it was very hard to play in such a in such a big atmosphere as well I really have to uh, congratulate the the Inter supporters for making such such nice during the game that um they basically pushed their team to keep to keep drilling into into us.
0: Yeah I think that's basically where you see the home advantage come into play where your fans get behind you. And I think even though I think Aliti were kinda of quite poor in the second half of that game, but you could see like the are playing at home with your fans behind you. I believe you go an extra like Depo says okay, when your fans are behind you, it kind of takes you to the next the next the next level, which is kind of uh, kind of great.
1: I think, I think honestly, the as you said, the second half was when uh, we started to find a lot of issues. right? I mean, because in, oh, in the second half, because in the first half, I really thought that uh, Cholo's plans were working, where we, we were frustrating Inter, we were managing to overload the midfield, where basically um uh, our midfield three, so uh, when, uh we're basically over overloading the Barella, we're overloading, we're overloading the Katarian, right. Um, it's it's really hard, as maybe a lot of uh, Italian fans will tell you, it's really hard to to stop Chahanoglu from having such an impact in the game, and um, uh, we managed to to do that. We're also we're very we're we're creating some sort of uh, threat from our left hand side simply because Lino was was very to beat uh, Dar, uh, uh Darmian on so many occasions, but we we started to unravel when. When the substitutions came in, and the basically once once uh, Denzel Dumfries came in, he was basically pushing pushing um, uh, Hermoso away for way back. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, um, uh, I also how I saw the match. It was basically dominated by a lot of um, individual mistakes, right? Yeah. Um, as I said before, I really t- think that uh, Cholo's plan was working until until the second half, and but uh, unfortunately, errors, especially in midfield, uh, created so many chances. Especially for example, we think back to the to the ball that uh, Turam managed to steal, and then it basically created a perfect opportunity for for Arnautovic to score. But uh, I mean. How many times are you going to escape these sort of one-on-one situations until you finally manage to score the third one? And uh, yeah, that's why we're uh, we're at one one-nil down. Um I really thought that uh, defensively we, we we had a couple of players who were really stepping up, namely Vitzel and Jimenez. It's really a shame that um, Jimenez had to suffer suffer the injury and had to come off at halftime because. um uh, Savic wasn't wasn't catching catching Garnautovic, and they was finding issues uh, issues with with the physical duels.
0: Yeah, yeah, like you said, the game against Inter, like you have given a quick rundown of how things went. Good first half for Leeds, and the second half, Inter kind of went an extra game with some of the substitutions Zagi made, and then with the crowd behind them, it kind of made the players like play at another level. And with the rotations, they kind of have, when they are in possession, kind of make things difficult to play against them, because even if you kind of, like, limit when their midfielders can receive the ball in midfield, you have rotations where the midfielders can get on the ball while playing at the last line of defense. Like, we saw a lot of times with, maybe them having a 3-2 32 structure with Barella, Chanaloglu being at the base of of that, and then at the 2, you have the white center back. So, it's not Easy playing against that and those rotations kind of cost a lot of trouble for Aliti and I think they created some good chances on by themselves but then majority of the chances were actually given to them by us but that was also kind of forced because it was like similar to what we did to Las Palmas, the game pure and uh, it was really fortunate for us that we left with just uh, one go considered despite all the mistakes we made and heading home where we are like very good, where we have like lost one just in 29 games once in 30 games and that was the defeat I mentioned against Athletic Club, then we kind of have a chance because it's a champion league and anything is possible and it's not easy being an Athletic fan going to away games this season because we are really, really poor away from home Man, we had to like bounce back from that defeat against India against Amaria. We had a good game, a good start, sorry, where we kind of took the lead, we were attacking, we were missing chances and then all of a sudden Luca Romero with the goal, last one is 1-1. In the second half, we enter with the urgency of like, looking for the goal, we have the goal and it's like we flip on again and all of a sudden it's Luka Romero 2-2 two, two. and then we kind of created some chances but we couldn't take them. That kind of tells you how we are away from home because away from home, you don't have your fans behind like The home crowd are basically the majority, so you don't have like your fans behind you. So the moments where you're on top, you have to use that to kill the game and I think that's been a little issue this season. Away from home, it was visible against... And Maria, it was that against Sevilla, it was that against Las Palmas, it was the same against Celta, even though we won the game. So, away from home, I think Cholo himself said it: when you are on top, you have to kind of like make the most of the chances you have so that you can kill the game, so that the moment where the home team is coming with the momentum from the home crowd, you kind of have like maybe a two-goal or three-goal two three leap where you can also resist the pressure. And the batting thing for this is that at the moment, we cannot resist that pressure because we either make a lot of individual mistakes on and off the ball or we cannot really defend the box as we used to because of the profiles of players we have at the moment. And that's not really, really great because I let's say away from home, if you look at the expected goals, it's really, really bad. We have considered more than half of the expected goals we have considered, which is basically, let's say, that's like over 18. And as compared to home, which is, I think, 10. So that kind of tells you how we are home and away and also tells you some of the things we struggle to do away from home. Which has basically been the reason why when we are out of the third race two, our chance of winning a cup of silverware is in Jeopardy and three our season ends early in March, so that's been the issue so um, Beth, apart from what I've said, do you think there's any other reasons why we kind of like play the way we do away from home? um, I mean
1: most of what you said i think is is true right i mean we i do think that uh, away from home there is some sort of pressure which mm-hmm. we which we are putting on ourselves i think it also has a lot to do with just uh, the way that uh, most of our team just doesn't manage to to win the duels that cholo keeps keeps talking about right for example um, uh, let's look let's look at the Al- almeria game a lot of people on twitter for example were were uh, very angry at uh, alvaro morata right for for missing that or missing that chance late in the game. But the, the thing that a lot of people are not, um, not realizing is that we should not even be in that position to begin with, right? I mean, if we don't make the individual mistakes, for example, thinking back to Reynaldo's mistake um, uh, and Luca Romero managing to capitalize, we don't end the game 2-2. Usually, when when we play when we play away from home and when we play at home, the, the the difference in in uh, in some certain players' mentality is is like day and night, right? Like let's look at players like, for example, uh, Rodrigo De Paul. I think Rodrigo De Paul is uh, such a, an amazing talent, especially with the ball on his feet. I mean, we managed to see what what he can do. Um, these in these three years he's been a, a, at Atleti, but unfortunately, especially away from home. Um, it happened um, uh, in the intern game on a number of occasions. It happened in the Almeria game that when he loses the ball, he switches off. Unfortunately, you you are not um, afforded that luxury when you are playing away from home. If you are playing away from home, and the crowd senses that um, uh, the opponent oppo- opposition team is going to have a chance because of your mistake, they're going to go behind their team, similar to how how we do it. But the difference is, uh, we do not have the players, as you said, that uh, can manage to to fight no. for the ball in in such a in such a in, in such an occasion, right? I mean, we do not have the the Diego Godin of of old, where they used to challenge for every header. I mean, looking looking at our defensive line, for example, I mean, we, our most consistent player is Axel Witzel, who isn't even a centre back our uh, second most consistent player is Mario Hermoso. I mean we we all we all know that Mario has managed to to up his level in this past season but at the end of the day we still manage to see the differences, right? I mean our best player yeah. in in Jimenez just can't seem to stay fit. So what do we have left, right? We have Stefan Savic, a player in decline. We have Gabriel Paulista, uh, a player who honestly's been doing pretty well considering that we managed to get him for free. But at, this, at the end of the day, he still isn't jimenez And and uh, what who is who is hermosa's replacement? It's Reinildo. I extremely like Reinaldo defensively, but unfortunately, I, he has his limitations. I don't think that um, um d- despite the squad being built around the back three, I don't think we don't we have the players play from the back or or defend when in, uh, in a low block. I think, I think that's really been the issue away from home for such a long, for such a big part of our season.
0: Well, I think um, you've kind of like, we are gone straight to the point. We have the players to play three at the back, in my opinion. But like you said, we don't have the quality to be able to like take advantage of that formation, which is actually built from the back. And this is actually shocking because the spine of this team in 2024 is actually the team that was built in 2018 where you had a lot of big-name signings, Marcos Lorente from Real Madrid, Hermoso from Espanyol, where those are key players in the team at the moment, even even if some don't start. So you kind of have players, even Depor was signed, I think, a couple of seasons ago. So you kind of have a team we have been using for more than six years now, and the owners don't really want to renew, or we don't know, but it kind of says a lot. We have been on and on about this on Twitter, which is now collects. We have been on about this on the podcast. So it's actually kind from an outsider's point of view, which we are, we are because we are not in the club. It's actually kind of hard to kind of see what the club is actually building. Because if you look at the club structure, you see a lot of flaws. The squad they are building because they had to renew the squad. When we saw Rodri and we saw Pate, obviously, It's true, we sold party late in the sea, late on in the transfer window. But the next is true, we brought in Condobia for cheap, but it was very visible that the summer following that, we needed to buy in someone to cover the gap that those two living has created. But that wasn't taken care of. So if you technically look at a lot of things, it's true, the squad is not that great, but it boils down to how the squad has been built. And... It's true, there are some tactical flaws in how we approach the game. Cholo himself says we are poorly from home because I prepare poorly. I know he's taking the blame, but he himself, I believe, knows that it's true, like there are some away games where we start very poorly, like in the game against Athletic Club, In the game, for example, against Sevilla where we start poorly, and that was down to his tactics, but he knows that we can react. But now the issue is we don't, I believe we don't have the players to actually play what like, to our full capacity, what you actually wants us to play. Because if that's the case, then we need new centre-backs, players who can enable us to progress the ball from deep. The game against Amaria, one of the most surprising things was the fact that Amaria are not a very high-pressing team, but we kind of struggled to build off from the back against them. So it was kind of like, because we had a back-three of Renewido, Savish and Gabriel, those back-three are what you call out of out of possession. You kind of expect them to be very good, but with the ball they don't offer so much, which was kind of an issue. And you have a lot of things where the midfield may be a little bit empty at times, or barriers having to like seal to one side a lot because he has to like aid in build up same for Koke. So it kind of like disrupt the team because some players in midfield have to like look for solutions for that. And the issue is with the summer coming I don't see a lot of positivity in that and the positivity is down to the rumors where the club is linked with attacking players and not linked with the players we need, like a defensive midfielder, centre backs. But well, let's see how things go from here. So, um, but in the game against Al- Inter, we kind of lost our best centre back, who is injury injury-pro. and it's really, really shocking for a club at a state 2, where you compete for the Champions League, you compete for the Cup, of the are top four, and then your best centre back, who you know cannot play up to 30. Games a season. So I don't say this his fault, and I wish him a speedy recovery, but you cannot rely on that guy to be your center back coming to each season. I believe the club has to either go big for center back this season or next season we are going to have a repeat of this season we are having now. So both in the game against Inter, he was injured, Jose Maria Jimenez, and then Chrisman was also injured, and it looks like he won't play against Alexi Club. So I think are very poor away from home, and that was visible against Al Maria. We have lost six away from home. We have won just three games away from home in the league, I think. And make that four, five, if you are considering the game against Fairnought, which clinched our qualification to the knockout rounds of the Champions League, and that against um, Lugo in the Copa del Rey. So we are very, very poor away from home. And now we have to go and face. Athletic Club in a ground where they have lost just once in their entire season and that was to Dia on the first day of the season. So what do you think our chances be?
1: Yeah, I mean uh, the thing is that uh, we we're, we're only we're only one nil down, right? So anything can happen, that is football. Uh, freak accidents happen. Uh, I don't really uh, rate highly our chances playing away from home or so even as as you said Playing at San MS has always been a struggle for a lot of teams, especially a team like ours who is struggling away from home right now. I don't really fancy most of our chances, but uh, I really hope that the players they do dig in because if they don't manage to, to uh, mm. topple uh, Athletic Cup this time round, then uh, our season we could, try, could, as you said, be over by March. And um, uh, even looking at the players that uh, we might, we might be missing, right? For example, Griezmann, our our, our supposedly-starred player, he probably won't be playing against Athletic. Jimenez, as you said, our best center back, probably won't be playing against Athletic. So that uh, leaves a big, big void in, into the team. It's either going to mean that some players are going to step up or we're just going to have to um, uh, repeat the game that uh, happened in the Metropolitan. Politano uh,
0: a couple of uh, match days ago. Yeah, like you said, our chances are not um, really that high and we are heading into the clutch without our uh, talisman, which is Antoine Griezmann and we have our talisman in defence, like I mentioned, who isn't also there, so it's kind of really tough to see maybe what we can come up with because the first thing is Atlético club are not really like you say a Girona or a Barcelona where they are like a position dominant side, they are a side who are their best when they actually don't have the ball. Like we saw in the game where we lost their 2-0 earlier on in the season, where they kind of like, yeah, you guys can have the ball and we press the life out of you and we struggle to kind of like beat their press, which is actually one of the best, if not the best, in the league this season. So we are there without those two guys.
1: Yeah, I think, um, as as you put it, I think that's that's one of the biggest issues right now, right? Like we're going to stand mess. They are uh, in the lead, so they expect us to come out attacking. And who they who do they have in the front lines? The uh, Williams brothers. And uh, who do we have at the back line? I mean, we, I don't really okay. see anyone who can manage to pick up the pace against against those two, right? So if we're going to play with a uh, with a high line, I think that uh, we're going to have a very very hard time. Well. Because who, who, who's going to play at the back, right? It's, to, it's probably going to be Hermoso, it's going to be Witzel, it's going to be Savish. and uh, neither of the players is particularly fast. Yeah, that's the issue.
0: With the, another issue is we cannot play a low block. So I, my guess is the way we play that game, we basically, we lost the ball, we counter-press and try to recover the ball higher off the pitch. And the good thing is Real Betis played this weekend against Athletic Club, and Real Betis high-pressed them. So, Atleti Club had more possession against Real And in games where they have a lot of the possession, they don't actually end up winning them for the majority of the games. So, that was the case against Real And they kind of struggled. Why did they struggle? Because the first thing was, Athletic Club's... Athletic Club, okay, in possession, they kind of thrive when you have Owen Sunset, when he receives in between the lines, actually towards the right half pace, and he's able to, like maneuver himself or receive on the half turn and then progress play from there good in tight areas and you also have nico who is able to like receive in a 1v1 beat this man and then advance half of the pitch so that's two of the things they use to progress the ball against betis that was not possible because the first thing was Fekir okay he the betis played a 4-4-2 out of position where Fekir was basically marking luis de galerita out of the game who is another player they brought in this season and has basically helped them improve on the ball this is so it actually meant that progression had to be done by the centre-backs into the midfielders in the half spaces. But that wasn't the case because each time Sunset wants to receive the ball or Prados had to receive the ball, you had the centre-backs jumping aggressively on them. That's something we have seen Aleti during do, this season. It was visible against Las Palmas and we have seen that on the other games. And then secondly now, Aleti club centre-backs were actually forced to drive forward with the ball. Vivian is not very good at that, but the other one, Parades, is very good at that. And that was how Athletic Club were able to create chances. So I believe it's a game where we are actually going there with, I would say, nothing to lose. It's true that we have a lot to lose because if we are out of it then, that actually implies that our chances of not winning a trophy this season actually skyrockets. But we have to go there and go all out. And I believe how we start the game will be key. Because Athletic Club are not very good with the ball, but then again, they have the option to go long. To Guruseta, who is actually a very good area and also has these playmaking skills. And his his teammates actually named him a little bit like Benzema, where he's able to bring them into play with how good his whole up and link up has been. And he's also in fine form in front of goal. So, I think these are all things I think Cholo must have analyzed and taken into consideration. And now, the essence now will be for us to be able to do well on the ball. And in the game against Betty, Atletic club suffered in defending the spaces. Out wide, which is a weakness of Diaz, because to press you actually have to make this the, the center compact. But now our wing backs that's where we have to take advantage of. But I'm sure Vavide will be aware of that. And how did they take advantage of that? They actually played Chimia Villa as a as a winger. You have Aito Rubal as the right back, but now the winger was for now. The for now actually had to be dropping in into the half space, creating spaces, and now you had William Jose. Linking up play. And I think that's an area of Atlantic game where we are struggled. We don't have that nine shed. Morata Linko plays actually very poor. I think you can agree with me on this. Where we have had games where we actually had to go long to him and then he has to maybe switch to the other side and his passes are just off. So you see that there are a lot of ways we can have this analytic Club team team. But like we have said before the game, when you play at home with your fans behind you, you can actually grow the extra man. And Alitis starting like on the front foot will be actually something that. I believe could be key because if we score an early goal, we kind of like upset the fans at San Mames and then we can ride on that. But that wouldn't be easy because they will also want an, a fast start because they know a fast start and they score, it kind of sends us into panning mode. So apart from maybe what I've said tactically, what are some of the th- things, things you expect from Cholo to kind of set up against this athletic club side? I
1: think, uh, I think, as you said, I think there are some players which are going to have to be key, right? I'm playing, playing... Against Athletic Club at San Mamés, I think that there is going to be a number of players who um, uh, are going to have to be to be at a higher level, right? I mean, let's look at the right now. As much I, I don't think that um players, for example, like um, uh, Molina should should be playing this match. I think uh, with the, with the current uh, form of Molina, I think uh, that we will be exposed on the flank. Coincidentally, that's <laughs> that's the exact side where. <laughs> where um, uh, our old friend the william brothers will be manage to to go up against right um, and Nico williams will be will be having a, a very good time against against malina so i would say that for example on the right side i would either expect um, marcos lorente to be playing or i expect lorente to play to play forward but um, according to the reports i um, uh, i think that i'm um, uh, the chosen front two by, by Cholo are going to be Korea and Morata. I mean, I have not many issues against them playing this front two, but uh, as you said before, I think Morata's link up play is not really the best. And I think the, with the way that Korea is playing right now, uh, it's going to be very difficult for us to to, to expect to, to beat their, yeah. their defensive line. I, okay. I mean, looking looking back though, um, uh, the expected, expected midfield, right, that we're going to field against Athletic Club. We have Barrios, uh, the ball on both sides, and the Koke. I mean, I still think that um, uh, in a game like this, we're going to have to see what's going to happen with the ball. Because while he on the ball, he is such, a, such an important player for Athletic. I think that when he manages to lose the ball, especially against them, um, as you said, that he manages to lose the ball against Sunset, What's going to happen, right? Like I do not see any any player apart from varios uh, marking something, like. yeah. And I don't think that that's the kind of uh, game that uh, Cholo would like to play, right? Um, I honestly think that um uh, maybe this would have been a match where we we try something new. Let's try it. overload overload uh, one side of the pitch, for example, Lorente, and see what happens. Because I think that uh, the Athletic Club are expecting us to play from the left, side. they're expecting us that um, Hermoso is also playing for further forward, that we're going to try to avoid the, uh, the mismatch against, uh, against uh, Nico Williams.
0: Yeah, um, like you said, Chulo is a game where Chulo can try something new. And like you've just mentioned, an issue Aletti has, and something Aletti Club used to the advantage in the first leg against us. Aleti are comfortable building up from the back, from the left-hand side, and one thing their press always does is angle those runs and force them to the right. And on the right, would we have Savish. Who Would we have Molina? Would we have Lorente? If that's the case, what happens to the ball? It's been kicked forward, and if they, Memphis, for example, is the one playing, what happens? We don't win the ball. If Morata is playing, then we might win the ball, but not win the
1: second ball. I think there's an issue Ality has I think I think for example in a game like this, as you said, maybe this is at the time to have better players with uh, that are, that they can associate play right uh, at, at the front, which is why I think that maybe this is a game for for uh, for Memphis, Memphis and Morata. I think um, um, while while as you said, the Memphis isn't really uh, that good. Then, uh, Going forwards and, and going for the long balls, but um, I really think that out of the players that we have, he is the player most most similar to Griezmann in that he will come come deep to receive the ball and he is manages manages to shield the ball with his body. While I think that if we manage, while I think that if Cholo is going to play with Korea, he's going to expect him to uh, to dribble in tight spaces, and I don't think that. Um, uh, we're going to find a lot of success against the likes of, of Paredes and Vivian. I just don't. Uh, like you said,
0: for example, in open spaces, Paredes and Vivian are really, really dominant. When I say dominant, if you go really like Girona when they are actually very good, if you try to like, hit them long balls in behind, those guys are very good in open space. So, I don't think that's an option because those guys are actually very good. They are very fast and they are also defensively well-disciplined and positionally disciplined. And you mentioned Korea playing in the half spaces. I think that's something we can use. But the issue now lays down to Korea, um, Korea is a very good dribbler and a, very player, and a player who is very good in tight spaces. But now, the issue for Korea is he has not developed from the guy we saw coming at Alexi when he was very young. Because you still have Korea, for example, if a pass, a pass, excuse me, is played to him in the half space, he doesn't have like that kind of ability to be like, oh, where are the players coming from? So should I wait for the ball and then do this? But he always has the ability to always wait for the ball to come to him where he can use his body fence and bypass players. And doing that in the half spaces is always a risk because a lot of times, especially in midfield where he has done that, they are dead, 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 most of those things have led to turnovers. And you still have him like dribbling when it's not necessary. So you have a player who is actually skilled, and you can make those tools you use his tools to our advantage. But you also have a player who has not yet developed those tools enough to make it available to the team's performance, which is which says to me that that's something you can't rely on for the game against. That's team.
1: why, that's why I, I really put a lot of emphasis on uh, on the pie because while he does have uh, very good ball control with his feet, he also has something which Korea doesn't right. He, the pie will try to shoot the ball out from the box. And um, uh, if he sees the opportunity, he's going to shoot. I, don't re- I-, I honestly think that, for example, Korea, his only two ways of scoring goals are either to dribble inside the net or he manages to find the ball and, uh, for a tap Because I really do not think that Korea is the kind of player that manages to, to, to draw so many players or, or feed off the space, right? As you said, mostly that he's going to dribble the ball, okay, in these short spaces. And uh, he doesn't usually go for the pass. So he's going to try to, to go for the goal and what happens when 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 you don't have the tools to to score it's it's a quick turnover and uh unfortunately we have players who just don't respond off the ball right we have the Paul, who uh, although he is very good on the ball he doesn't always lunge in for 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 the defensive contributions i mean I think this is also a reason why we're going to see Lorente play play a big part in in this match. When we do lose the ball, Lorente is going to be the first person to press. Or when we do have the ball, he's going to be the first person that is going to make the run forward on the right hand side. I mean, on the left, we already know what, what Lino can do. But we, we, can't be, we, we can't always rely on, on one side of the pitch, as you said. Usually, we overload so much on, on the left side of the pitch where we become predictable. So I think this has to be a, a match where, where Lorente starts from, from the beginning.
0: Yeah, like you said, um, Cholo has a choice, okay? He either goes for like, technical security on the ball or he goes for the muzzle, he goes for athleticism, which is basically their ability to counterpress, their ability to cover a lot of spaces. And we have that in Barrios. We have that in Lorente, We also have that in Saul. But now that's a tough choice for him because on the board, you have players like Saul who don't contribute a lot to the team. But now off it, they kind of do a lot to the team. So it will be a, like a game where he has to find that balance. And the issue now for him is he will not want to find the balance and then you have like an unbalance. That's kind of funny because when I say finding the balance is you have a team where you have a mixture of those players who are good on the ball, and you also have mixture of you also have those players who are kind of offer that stability out of possession. But now, when I say unbalanced, now is the fact that we don't want to see what we have seen in the last two years, where the left hand side has the technical players, and what happens to the right hand side? It has those players who are actually very good out of possession. So that's something he has to take into consideration because, like you said, we are dealing with the Williams brothers. So even if the right hand side can cope with, for example, Iniaki. And Iñaki is having a good game, and then Nico is not having a good game. What happens? Aletic Club can switch because both of them can play on either wing. So it has to be a game where I expect Aletic Club. It's true they had a bad game against Betis, but Nico was sent off against Betis, which means he basically played just under 45 minutes, which is fresh, and he just came back from injury. So I expect them to be lively. And the good thing, oh, sorry, the good thing for Aletic Club and the bad thing for us is that they have achieved a lot of good results like beating us and also beating Gironda without Nico. So it's like they have a game plan even if we can take out Nico William from the game, even though the team even though with him, the team is at another level. So there are a lot of tools this elite club has to help us. Oh, And the bad thing for us is that their strength is our weakness. Their strength is out of position and that's our biggest weakness. So it is actually going to be a game where, like you said, Cholo has to Really, 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 really be cautious. And if you are too cautious, you end up not scoring the goal. And we need to score goals, not just a goal. So, but the next question is: um, what do you think is your like, or oh, like, um, your pre starting 11 for Alexi? Because I think for Alexi Club, that would be obvious where you have Vivian, you have Parades, or you have Eri, and Yuri is out injured. So, you may have you have the Marcos on the line, they also have another injury at the right at the, at the right back which means an academy player basically comes in and then in midfield i think luis de Gallareta and you have prados who are just amazed with what he does and the ability what he offers to this athletic club side in terms of their pressing he's an engine and then every touch he takes on the ball kind of like sets them up towards their counter-attacks and then you have sunset ahead of prados and luis de Gallareta. and then the front three you have Corozeta, you have Nico and you have Iñaki. I think that's what we are expecting from them. But I will not be surprised if Berenguer starts because he's a player who is very, very better at pressing than Nico Williams. So, what do you think can be the expected starting eleven for
1: Aliti? Yeah, so I mean, very obvious. I think um, uh, I, I think that uh, look, Cholo puts a lot of faith in the same group of players. So, as always, we're going to start with uh, Yana Black. We're going to have a um, pack three of um, Hermoso, Vizel, and Savage. Now, I honestly hope to see maybe Paulista play instead of Savic simply because um, uh, Savic has, has a very harsh competitive streak. And uh, if he manages to uh, find himself with a yellow card early in the game, I think it's going to be an issue for us. Um, on the wings, I, I, if I were Cholo, I would put a lot of faith in uh, Lino and Lorente, two players who are managed to bomb up and down the, up and down the field and they managed to, to also contribute. Um, midfield three, I think uh, you always have to play Coke and Paul. And the player, I think I would uh, put a lot of faith in, at least at the start of the game, would have to be um, uh, Saul. And uh, from two, as I said before, I, I would personally put a lot of faith in uh, Morata and uh, Memphis. And we'll see, we'll see early on in the second half and how we manage to to find ourselves in. Because I think one of the first players that will have to enter the pitch to make a contribution after the starting eleven would be uh, Barrios. The, the only reason is that I would not start Barrios is simply because I know that he is such a dynamic player. And against um, uh, a slightly tired Athletic, I would like to capitalize. And I do not think that MS um, Saul coming from the bench is going to offer the same amount of energy into the team. Well,
0: don't you think starting from the get-go with, like, your full, what you can have? Because if we start with, like, for example, let's say the likes of the barriers and then we get something, and then the likes of Sao can maybe help out of possession, and maybe by then we play on the counter-attack, or a little bit cautious, and we kind of, like, manage things and see how it goes.
1: Because I, I honestly think that playing on the counter-attack, um, um, our... We, I would have much more faith in Barrios than in uh, in Saul simply because Barrios has that dribbling ability, has the 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 ability as well to to uh, mark the players. I I would put a I I put a lot of faith in Barrios. I think that right now he is uh, one of our most uh, dynamic players. So I would put a lot of faith in him uh, when the team is is in need of his abilities. Okay, I do not think I don't I don't think I mean there is a possibility that um, uh, Cholo puts puts faith in uh, in someone like like for example Vermeer coming on from the bench, but I don't think in such a high stakes game uh, Cholo is going to put faith in such a young uh, a young player. I don't think that given his track record, he's going to even when we are behind put faith in uh, in Vermeer just of yet. Well, like you said. Cholo is basically
0: taking it slowly with Vermeer. And he himself said that when he came, they said he will not like at the moment start opening at times playing play important games. But they will gradually introduce him to how he plays. And then from there, he can get a hold of things. It's true, he starts to... Uh, Aleti hasn't been great because he had like a very poor game against uh, Rayo. Well, that was just his Aleti, And then he played I think 15 plus minutes against Las Palmas and it was not that great. So, but I think if you see the training videos, you kind of see a lot of positive things. I just think it's maybe him now have to like transmit that on the pitch, especially given the fact that he's very timid and then it's like a change of mentality and then maybe we can see the investment the club made in him. But I believe he's a long-term investment, so I'm very patient with him.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I am very patient in willing, simply because, as you said, um, uh, we already know um, uh, what kind of player he is. He is very technical on the ball, but something that we or at least most fans manage to forget is that he is still 18 years old and um uh, physically he is still uh, he is still developing right um uh, uh, we already know that Cholo is, is always saying it's about winning the duels winning the duels winning the duels okay. and uh, looking at uh, someone like Vermeer, he is not going to contribute in these sort of actions right um even for example when he used to play with uh, with Antwerp he used to play with such confidence and um uh, He's also kind of the player that manages to, to do well in a, in a double pivot, right? But we, we, do, we don't have, we don't play that sort of MS style. So he's either going to have to um, adapt to to the demands of Cholo, which is going to take some time, simply because Cholo demands a lot from his players.
0: Yeah, like you said, for example, when Griezmann came to Ality, he kind of struggled, I think that half of the first season he played aliti so he's not... It's not easy to kind of, like, come into Aleti and then you start from the get-go. Even De Paul, who is very important to how the team plays at the moment, doesn't start from the get-go. So, I think we should be patient with him. Like you mentioned, crucial part. he's 18 years old and basically the youngest in the first team. So, a lot of patience is needed to kind of, like, nurture him to be the player he wants to be. And I know he has, like, goals of playing in the Euro this summer, which is a big goal for him. And not having a lot of minutes may affect maybe his call-up but uh, now, talking about the Euro, we have Griezmann who is now injured, and then you have like rumors, or even Griezmann saying himself that he wants to play the Olympics. Do you think it's wise for the club to allow him to play both the Olympics and to play the Euro and the Olympics, giving each and giving how crucial he is for Aleti?
1: I think one of the biggest issues, right, is, is how that Medic uh, is managing to filter into the media, right? Because it's such a long way before the the Olympics that um, this conversation shouldn't even be happening right now. Um, uh, but going back to your question, no, I don't think that it's wise for a player uh, of his age to, to 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 want to play two um, uh, European uh, summer two uh, two competitions in the same summer, right? I mean. He is our most important player. If he doesn't arrive um uh, rested at the beginning of the season or he gets injured in the to tournament then what's going to happen to to Atletico next season, right? Uh. I mean, if I was if I, if I was Griezmann, I I I would just stay quiet until until the summer and we'll see from there because unfortunately right now there is a lot of pressure on Griezmann. Where he is not performing up to the standards that he set in the beginning of the season, where he is uh, getting injured, where he is um, uh, not finding uh, the goals, where he is not finding teammates. I-, I think right now is a very sensitive time for Griezmann, and uh, the less he manages to appear on the meter right now, is the better.
0: Yeah, exactly. Because I think you kind of uh, know how he when he came back from Barca, he struggled to like win the fans over and everything and everything. And at the moment, you kind of have like some fans because I, for one, won't question Griezmann for his how committed he is to Aliti. But I think playing both the Euro and the and the Olympics, especially given his age, and it's true he's physically very good, but that's a lot of risks for him, and that will also kind of like affect Aliti. And and saying this because I'm thinking about what happened to Pedri, what happened to Paul Torres. Those were players who play both the Euro and also play the Olympics, and it wasn't really, really a good thing for them injury-wise, and and we are not hoping he plays both and then he have injury. But I think those things will have long-term effects in you because it basically means you have played competitive a lot of. Because for France, it's very important. If he goes to the Olympics, he also be an important piece, which means he plays almost every game. So that would be playing basically a lot of competitive matches.
1: Even without considering injury, the, the physically, physically your body cannot handle the stress of. Uh, Two straight seasons going on and on and on, firing at 100 percent, right? I mean, he is—he isn't—he isn't 24 years old anymore. He's basically 33 right now, and uh, one day or another, his body is just basically going to give way. And we already know the kind of playing Griezmann is, right? He likes to go in for the challenges. He likes to—he likes to um, uh, receive the ball. He likes to pass. He likes to be quick and. What happens when he's going in for these challenges and he is not physically there? You know, he's going to make mistakes, and that's when we start to see the decline of Griezmann. So, I mean, if if I was if I was the club, I would I would tell him that uh, unfortunately, although although and he would like to play for this country, two tournaments in one summer is just too much exactly i
0: agree with you that's too much and like you said if he does that then it basically affects his playing style because we know him as an all-rounder someone who runs all over the pitch and that will means that his performances will be poor and that and also given how important if he is for that also implies that it will affect our performances so long term is not a good plan for him personally and also for the club collectively so hopefully he think have everything about it and everything and good news for us um uh, According to Mundo Deportivo, the league game just before in Milan, Cesar Aspicueta will be right back. We don't know how good he will be coming back from an injury, but I think he's someone who can help us, especially when he's building up from the back and also contributing a lot in attack. Like we saw when we play against Cádiz at home, and he delivered, I think, a very good pass, cross for for Korea on the day to score from play at the right centre back.
1: I mean, as as you said, I I really am hopeful that, for example, that we managed to recover some players before the. The Inter Milan match because it's also another crucial game for us in the season, um especially considering that we'll be playing at home. Um, I don't think that uh, Aspilaqueta will play will play an important part um, against Inter Milan simply because after being out of the game for so long against high pressing players like uh, Turam and lautaro Martinez is going to he, he will struggle even when he is fully fit. Um, I do hope though that a uh, player. Uh, For example, for example, Jimenez manages to uh, to surprise us. But we'll have to see.
0: Yeah, we'll have to see. So Beth, um in training today, the fans were at the training ground where the and then singing songs and telling the players the spirit of Bucharest. So a quick question, can you recall the spirit of Bucharest?
1: It's not coming into into my my mind right now, no. I'm I'm not I'm not familiar. Oh you must see it was a European final. Ah, 2000. Oh, okay, go. okay, that's <laughs> why. 2000 uh... 2010.
0: Falcao so scored a hat trick, so I think that should give the yes. That should give it. Oh a yeah. yes, 2012. Okay. 2012. 2012. Yeah. That was Cholo's first trophy as Atlético's head coach. So that was so the fans are calling on that spirit But And the Athletic club at that time were very good. They were playing under Marcelo Biasa, high intensity, high presence. But I think towards the end of the season, they were like out of juice because of the physical demands of playing under Marcelo Biasa.
1: <laughs> Mar- Marcelo Biasa is, <laughs> is quite an interesting coach, let's put it like that. It, it was also, I think, the start of uh, Iker Muniain
0: That season, Oof. right? Oh. Yeah, for sure. One of my favorite players. And sadly for me, he's not been able to have a lot of minutes under Valvede. This is not an athletic club podcast. I would have talked about him for sure because he's not been able to have minutes. And given the type of technically gifted player he is, and he doesn't offer what the likes of Unai Gomez and Sunset offer off the ball. I think that's the reason why Valvede doesn't play him bed. It's kind of tough because I think a club in La Liga who is basically suit the skill sets will be that of we have to say that where they have Silver injured and it's like I will not say a similar player to Silva, but kind of a player who can drive in tight spaces and play maybe that number ten role for Alexi Club. But Sally they had the greatest drivers. What are your score predictions for the game?
1: Uh two 0 for
0: us, well, we will need goals, okay? And you going bold and saying we will not concede against an inform zetta and then an inform Daniel Vivian and Paradez at the back. So there you get it. Beth says we should believe and we can go to San Mames and conquer Cathedral. So little fans remember Nunca they had the cray, never stop believing and see you next time.